0: Welcome to Ag Future, presented by Alltech. Join us from the 2022 Alltech One Conference as we explore opportunities within agri-food, business, and beyond. Regenerative therapies have been rapidly expanding in the horse market. These treatments of joint disease as well as soft tissue and musculoskeletal injuries are revolutionizing equine sports medicine, and they are at the same time raising many questions. I'm Tom Martin for the Alltech Future podcast series, and joining us is Dr. Mark Revenaugh, the veterinarian owner of Northwest Equine Performance in Malino, Oregon, and a leading expert in the diagnosis and treatment of lameness and performance-related issues. For more than 20 years, Dr. Revenaugh has served as U.S. equestrian team or assistant team veterinarian, selecting, treating, and advising elite-level professionals in the equine industry on maintaining health and maximizing performance. Thanks for joining us, Mark. Thank you very much, great to be here. And would you mind explaining for us what regenerative medicine is and how it works as a healing therapy?
1: Sure. Uh, Regenerative medicine is really an entirely new branch of medicine. Uh, What we're doing is we're, we're looking into harnessing the body's own intrinsic abilities to adapt, to heal, and to strengthen. We're finding that those signals are all there. We're just uh, in the process of learning how to best utilize uh, those processes that are already existing.
0: This is a recurring theme in the conversations we're, we're having uh, in the field of neurogastronomy, in the field of genetics, that we're equipped for many of the ailments, and of course animals are as well, that uh, we've addressed in other ways for for generations.
1: Yeah, that's absolutely correct, and I think the pendulum swings uh, in in most industries as it has in medicine, over into pharmacy uh, to be the answer to the the afflictions of our of our horses and our people. But it it turns out that uh, there might be a better way, or certainly another way that we can be modifying and impacting are uh, you know I work with athletes primarily they have very very high demands on them and we're always looking for ways that we can keep our our athletes healthy and strong and in the game
0: well what sorts of injuries or ailments uh, can be successfully treated with regenerative therapies
1: well we're we're still trying to figure that all out I would tell you at this stage there's a lot of experience and quite a bit of Uh, research behind it, use in treating uh, joints, injured joints, inflamed joints, um, uh, to a lesser extent, but also there's a fairly robust uh, research base behind the use of these products for uh, soft tissue injuries. Those are very, very common, and those are, uh, I would say, the lion's share of what we're using them for. Although there are exciting new areas where uh, treatment of, of lung problems uh, and even spinal cord injury. Uh, I know that's bigger deal for human uh, orthopedics, but it it does happen. Um, nerve and nerve root and spinal cord problems do also occur in horses. So we're uh, it's a frontier at this at this stage for us. Well, uh, Dr. Ravenel, what brought you
0: around to this approach? how How were you persuaded that it holds beneficial promise?
1: Well, Yeah, sports are really, really competitive, and and we're always looking for ways to do things better to get a better end result. This line of thinking really started in the late 90s. Our industry has struggled to keep up with the rapidly changing body of research and the rapidly changing body of clinical experience. And interestingly, clinical experience actually is, is probably leading the way. Uh, we have tremendously high numbers of case uh, experiences. And it's there's so much to read and so much to try and keep track of that it's, it can be really, really, really difficult to stay on top of it because as soon as you learn something, there's something else new to replace it. But it's, it's driven by results in the end. At first, it's driven by the hype. Uh, there's a hyperbole when there's something new and everyone thinks – it's going to cure everything, and that you know doesn't work out. But uh, once you're through the hype, you, you can really realize where some of these products can be helpful. And um, like I said, at this stage, we just are doing more and more. And we're, it's done by request by the client from firsthand experience with some of their other patients.
0: Sounds like the old, uh, the more you know, the more you know you don't know.
1: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Well, last year, I
0: know that uh, you and the high-performance sports group offered a series of courses where top-level horse vets, uh, academic uh, veterinarians, and MDs specializing in regenerative treatments got together to compare notes about this field. What's the most current clinical thinking about its applications in veterinary
1: medicine? Wow, that's a very broad question. (laughs) Uh, I would say, you know, the, the reason that we organized this virtual summit was because we were looking uh, to see uh, what different perspectives we're finding. And uh, until that point, largely the MD world, the human regenerative field, uh, was running parallel with the veterinary regenerative field with, without an awful lot of communication between the two different groups. We're, you know, so it's fascinating and has been an amazing process to see, kind of compare notes, Um, And on all levels, not only results, but how things are being validated, how we measure success. I mean, some of the real fundamental important uh, pillars of determining whether something does or doesn't work, uh, I would say at this stage are coming back into question for us. Well,
0: I know that you have not shied away from making investments in advanced technologies and cutting-edge therapies, and that requires a certain amount of tolerance of risk. What's your view of the value of risk in in this area?
1: Risk is uh, anytime you intervene at all, uh, you have to consider that there's some risk associated with your intervention, and you don't want your intervention, you don't want the cure to be worse than the disease, uh, as the saying goes. But uh, I think... It's very easy to be so risk averse that you don't, or that you miss out on some really, really valuable and important uh, new options that are out there. Literally, for me, when I'm wanting to consider a new product, we've developed a network of clinicians and academicians that uh, we can run some ideas by and, and, and kind of get a collective experience base. You know, this is our data tracking program. Also, um, the idea is that if we collaborate, say I see a hundred cases in a year of a certain injury, and there's another practice that sees a hundred in a year, and you get ten practices, all of a sudden, if you've really uh, worked together and and compared notes and and tracked your data, you've just gotten ten times or more more experience base and an awful lot more. Objective, because hopefully, you know, each of us bias is also a really big problem uh, in medicine in general. Hopefully, by having different perspectives, you know, we really try to cancel out some of the bias as best as possible. But bias is also a really big factor um, and one that we always have to try to keep in check. That's a long answer for your risk question, (laughs) uh, because in order to calculate risk, you have to know what the risk is. And in many instances, we really don't know. If you're talking about treating 10 cases and they all went well, that doesn't mean it's a safe thing to do. That means that, you know, one in 10, it's safe on. So it's interesting. The industry is pivoting away from just looking at small numbers of cases in a perfect environment, to getting bigger numbers of cases in a less perfect environment. But just the sheer number of cases that you're tracking theoretically will give us a better read on how safe, certainly, or effective a product is.
0: Well, I'm wondering what you're seeing here. In your opinion, what are as yet unrealized but achievable potentials of regenerative medicine in equine therapy?
1: Well, what I've talked about today at, our, at my meeting were some of the common things that we have been using and continue to use. But there are, you know, if you look into the real hardcore science, the the regenerative field is going to be able to reproduce or recreate kidneys and things of that nature, which is really a completely different conversation than what I'm talking about at this stage. Really, it's, it's kind of open, <laughs> open season on where this whole thing can go. But it's important to say that just because it's new doesn't mean it's better. And like I said earlier, there's kind of a hyperbole or a, a hype that happens. And we really have to kind of keep ourselves in check that we're not using a new product just because it's a new product.
0: This interview is happening in Lexington, Kentucky. We bill ourselves as the horse capital of the world and now home of this year's Kentucky Derby phenomenon, Ridge strike We will never let the world forget that. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm betting you're quite familiar with many a clinic and barn and stable in this area. That's true. Dr. Mark Ravenel, owner of Northwest Equine Performance in Molino, Oregon, and a leading expert in the diagnosis and treatment of lameness and performance-related issues. Thank you so much for joining
1: us. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. For the Alltech
0: Ag Future podcast series, I'm Tom Martin. Thank you for joining us. Be sure to subscribe to Ag Future wherever you listen to podcasts.